Out of Control Parenting for Kids 11 to 13. We're back. Let's get this started. All right, guys. Welcome to the Out of Control Podcast. I'm Matthew. I'm Molly. And we are your host for this totally out of control world. This podcast is basically the acknowledgement that a lot of times life feels out of control and we do like to take a little bit of control. Not you. Not you. Never, never, ever, ever. <laughs> but if you feel yourself inclined to try to take control of life, maybe the answer is not in taking control. And so how do we live in the world of surrender? And um, so we're going to share our thoughts on that around parenting, around relationships. All the things. Spirituality, sexuality. A lot to come. Uh, we do a lot of podcasts lately on parenting, but there is more beyond that. It's just really about how do you navigate life and find a healthy space to live in, yeah. regardless of what you're at, but if you're in that stages where you're raising kids. So let's, uh, let's go ahead and get rocking and rolling. So uh, this is going to be a fun age group to talk about. This is where, to me, things get really fun because the kids are very... They, they're starting to come into their own yes and um i think you can screw this up if you don't pay attention yeah i think this is a really good like um jumping off place for mm -hmm. the teenage years yeah. like you could have like not done all the early parenting perfect which mm -hmm. none of us do yeah you're kind of used to you parenting. could feel like you mess it up but this is where you can redeem yourself before the teenagers kick in <laughs> yeah absolutely absolutely so um we have one son that is right in the smack dab middle of this from 11 to 13 he is 12 just turned 12 so um we're going to share some of the things we've been doing with him that we feel like is working and we've done the same thing with our older kids and ultimately the goal i think for us when you look at what is the goal of parenting what would you say what is the goal of parenting for you? I hope to raise boys that um, are excited to go out on their own and live their own life, mm -hmm. that they trust themselves to know how to do that. And I hope that the way we've raised them has encouraged them to want to come back yeah, and I, visit yeah, and still be a part of our family unit, even as they cre start creating their own. Yeah, I love that because it, it, it's twofold. It's, like you said, helping them basically be not just their best selves, right? Like that's one thing, but like to really like uh, their selves that are everybody's doing their best, yeah. but that feel powerful and effective in this world. Because they're going to not always be happy. They're going to yeah. go through hard things. They're going to make mistakes. But if we can, if we've done our best as a parent, then they will trust themselves as they navigate. Yeah. And they'll know when they need to lean on friends or family or their parents for help. And mm -hmm. when they can like figure it out on their own. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that is what this is all about this whole series. And, um, if, so if that's your goal for your kids to grow children that feel and trust themselves, but also love you. So, so, I think a lot of parents almost do it the, the opposite. It's like, I want my kids to love themselves, but trust me. And it's like, I want my kids to trust themselves, um, but love us and love, love the, what feel filled up from being around our family. I hope, yeah. I hope they feel that we add something to yeah, their life. That they're not, they're not 
coming to hang around out of obligation, but rather because they, they get something out of the experience of being with their mom and dad. And I mean, I have one more goal. I hope one of them will want to take care of me in my old age. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, hopefully one of them, Nick will actually the <laughs> one we're going to talk about today. Um, probably will. Uh, so with that, we do have our weekly. Oh, whoops. That's the wrong one. Okay. Forget it. Forget it. I messed that up. Uh, yeah, that's not going to work at all now. Okay. Guys, fun facts. All right. This is an amateur show. Um, fun you fact. should label those. Yeah. It's just, we haven't done a podcast in a few weeks. So, so we, we do apologize. We've been a little consistent lately. My grandfather passed away. Just a lot of uh, things going on, traveling down to Texas for that, and a, a lot of lot of interesting just life experiences lately. And so, um, put the podcast on the back burner a little bit, but we are committed to this, and so we're kicking back in gear. And so we're actually recording this, and we're going to publish it today or tomorrow um, to get back on track. So, uh, anyway, so thanks for you, those of you that listen, and we'll keep rocking and rolling. But let's go ahead and do fun facts without our fun sound effects. So, okay. So, fun fact, you got another fun fact for you? Yeah. Okay. We have two cars. Oh, yeah, that's a fun fact. That's really fun. You want to talk more about it? No? Okay, we have two cars, guys. <laughs> we got, like, a car you wanted to really get. Yeah. And I like it way more than I, I thought. I feel like you're trying to push your fun fact on me to talk about your fun fact. No, it, we got a Tesla. <laughs> so we uh, splurged and got a Tesla. And uh, yeah, we're just hoping we can afford it. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, uh, we've got some good stuff. I got some good contracts coming down the line. And uh, I'm so really excited. I, I was kind of hoping that it would take a little longer. It was supposed to come between like April or uh, December and March. But crazy story the way it all worked out because the but tax credits are coming. No, it came in December. Yeah, sorry. I was supposed to become between December and March, and I was hoping it actually would come a little later because tax credits are coming. But it was funny because my car was available in November, and I pushed it off because of some situations, and I wanted to check financing, and it came like during the holiday Thanksgiving. And anyways, by pushing it off, I ended up getting a $3,750 discount on the car, which made the car even cheaper than it was, which we had bought it quite a while ago, or ordered it quite a while ago, so it was about $4,000 cheaper than they're ordering right now. Anyways, totally worked out and uh, super excited about the car. Unfortunately, our other car, which is it's also having relatively issues, new. Uh, it's a Tucson Hyundai. Yeah. So, so Hyundai, please get your act it's together. It's like a really rare thing that they've never really seen. So. Yeah. So it's it's not, a weird issue. So we'll see. Super hopeful. So we're glad to have another car so we can actually have a, a car that we can rely on to drive around. <laughs> So uh, that's life right now. And uh, fun fact for me is I I don't like talking about this because I've not been consistent. I am the most consistently inconsistent person in life. And there's I'm, others out there like you. Yeah, and I'm working on that. They're called um, ADHD. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I've gotten a new morning routine, and I've been sticking to it really, really well. And I've been working out, and I hit seven days last week working out. So I'm feeling really good. I, I, I have lost weight, lost about 10 pounds, but I, I don't really he's, care about that. I care more about the routine. He's gaining muscle. Yeah. I noticed. You noticing? Uh -uh. Good. That's the idea. So um, so that's my fun fact is I'm, I've, I'm actually getting disciplined in my working out. I've done workouts before. I've had seasons in life, and I've always ended up injured um, when I work out. Why is that? because I have a weak back. I don't know what the deal is, my lower back, but um, anyways. But you know, there are like 
body weight exercises you can do to strengthen your body? I know. My my routine does that. The, the, Superman? The, the thing that I, yeah, I was doing super, I've done Supermans. Right. And what exercise? I was doing Supermans the day my back no, was injured. What, what did you do that injured it? Okay. What uh, exercise will you like... never do in the rest of your earthly life? <laughs> my back does not like deadlifts. So, uh, that is I'm, the I'm, most but I'm consistent going to do way them. you've ever gotten hurt. Yeah. But I'm going to keep doing them because I got to get stronger. So how about you don't do them until your back is stronger? Well, I, I've taken a break on legs for a few days while I've been doing other stuff. Oh, you so. can do legs. It's hard to do legs when your back's really bad. So I do it. no, I'm getting back into them though. So I did calves today. So I just uh, like to give you a hard time. You do. You do. She, she would like me to look like Thor. So we're working on it. <sighs> I just want you to do not ignore your legs. I haven't been ignoring my No, legs, I know. So. No, no, this is good. I'll tell you about what I use later on maybe, but um, it's a good tool. It's been really good to be consistent. I like it too. Yeah. So that's uh, my fun fact. Now let's get back into the podcast. So, well, so we're talking about 11 to 13 year olds here and we're talking about some of the keys. Now, I, I like to define each of these stages. So um, the last stage that we talked about was sort of this, you know, the, the kid stage, so to speak, where they're sort of moving from the toddler stage to okay they're kind of finding their own and then they're you know really in that you know growing up and that's where you really teach them about themselves you start to teach them about the importance of their body we talked about that now in the age 11 to 13 uh, the way i define this stage is this is where they start to realize and and understand their interactions with others and how their identity relates to the identities around them so this is a really cool uh, stage because, once again, their effectiveness and their ability to, to navigate in this world is going to be heavily influenced by their abilities to understand their own identity and then start to understand other people. And this is it is really fun to watch like Nick as he's starting to really look outward and understand why do people do this? I remember being this stage. My mom would probably tell you this story. I remember this stage. We grew up really conservative. And um, I remember there was another sort of member of our church. And in our church, we didn't, you know, it was really encouraged not to swear. And there was this um, other kid that, that swore, right? And this is typically, this to me is not a surprise that I was this age when this happened. But I came home sort of brokenhearted that this other kid would not live these principles that that we had been taught were so important and i think that's sort of a, a good sort of reference for what happens is kids are now starting to see okay i'm my way but then other people are their way and and sometimes that either is hard for me maybe they're mean to me i remember bullies you know knocking my books out of my hands when i was walking around the the so that doesn't happen as much in elementary school but at this age group, 11 to 13, they're starting to like, people are starting to go, oh, you're in my world too. How do I interact with you? And some people are trying to claim dominance and some people are trying to, you know, gain favor. Some people are, you know, you're trying to make friends. There's all these sort of dynamics now starting to happen and who you are and your identity really starts to have an impact on what your experience is of life because it, it affects how, how many friends you have. Right. There starts to be more of this popularity thing. And not that there's none of that in sort of the grade school stuff, but it's definitely more prevalent, I think, at this age. Now, we homeschool our kids. so Our kids don't have all those same experiences, but I know I did. Um, what, what, what do you remember about your 11 to 13 year old? Do you remember like some of the things that showed up for you? It's 11 to 13. That's like fifth, sixth. And yeah. Seventh, seventh grade. grade. Yeah. <clears throat> they were fun. 
fun. Fun. Friends and. Yeah. See, I think that's what it is. It's like if, if you have friends, like you're still in the carefree nature, you don't have a lot of responsibility, you're not, you don't have a job yet. I think the transition from middle school to or elementary to middle school. So in Texas, where I grew up, mm. uh, sixth grade was a part of middle school. Oh, okay. Here in Utah, that's not. No, no, no. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Utah sixth grade is yeah, seven, sixth, seventh, and eighth is middle school, but here sixth grade seven, is still. So yeah, and seventh, eighth, and ninth is middle school. Yeah. And so part of what this stage is, is once again, this identity concept. And, um, and, it, and there's a lot of basically how now our identities are starting to interact with others. Mm-hmm. So um, by one, you know, helping your kids at younger age accept themselves, you know, feel some of these things that we talked about in the early stages of feeling confidence with themselves it can really build into this stage. And a lot of kids that are not confident with themselves because their kid, parents have been beating on them all the time, whether it's physically or emotionally or verbally, they don't know who they are. And so they go try to figure it out with other people. They, they figure out, am I more dominant than this person if you're a boy sometimes? Or am I, am I, the, you know, am I a loser? Am I an, out, am I an outsider? Do I need to you know, look different? Um, so you, you, you had some comments you were thinking about as far as this stage and what it meant as far as friends go? Um, well, I think sometimes you have like good friends in elementary school and then you guys go off to middle school together and I think friendships can start shifting. Yeah. I think this is when sometimes uh, people can feel betrayed by friends. Mm-hmm. Um, you make new... I think it's harder. You kind of start realizing, oh, it's kind of hard to make friends as you get older, right? Yeah. It, mm-hmm. When you're little, you're like, oh, you like the color blue? I like the color blue. Let's yeah. be best friends and swing on the playground. And Yeah. Yeah, like you're because of the personalities are starting to form than, than the ability to make friends. So if your kids are in these stages, you may want to pay attention to your their friend group. And and it could be that they lost some friends and haven't found new friends. Yeah. and Because I, I, I think be you're trying to figure out who you are and fit in at the same time. Yeah. And those are two things that are not easily done yeah. together. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So uh, one of the concepts that I, I like to share is the idea of, or the question. Um, and I got this from a guy I like, John Asraf, uh, originally told this story. But he asked a question is, you know, when you look at an a, a oak tree, right? And, and you think, where did that begin? Right? And, and you think, well, it was an acorn, right? So the question is, where is the oak tree inside of the acorn where is it right is it like one of those little pills that i had when i was a kid and i dropped it in the water and all of a sudden boom it turned into a dinosaur right in the water i remember, I remember those things yeah uh is that what happens is that you just put it in the ground and all of a sudden poof it just it was all there it just had to expand well not not exactly um so what, what where is the oak tree inside of the acorn and what's interesting is that an acorn doesn't have legs doesn't have a brain Right. So it, it can't go, you know, process and attract things into its or you know, grab things and take things into its life. So so essentially, somehow the oak tree, the way that it becomes the, the acorn, the way it becomes the oak tree is through this one thing that it has, which is identity. It is the identity of an oak tree. That's why it doesn't become an apple tree or a peach tree or, or whatever. It becomes an oak tree. And so this really starts to tell us about the power, the natural power of identity 
in all of the essence around us, but especially, you know, as we think about how it relates to us. And so, uh, and, and what's interesting is, is the power of that identity is so powerful that it, it is attractive in nature. So it attracts the water and the nutrients from the soil, right? And it, and it attracts them and then gradually starts to expand and grow roots and, and, and attracts more of that. So the, the, an identity is sort of an attractive nature in us all. And so it's, to me, a really important point to start to understand the power of our kids' identity at this stage. And if, the, if we can help them to figure out what they identify as, and I'm not talking about like gender or whatnot, but, but as just who they are, meaning, you know, what do you like? What, what is interesting to you? And this is what one of the parts that I think is really fun about homeschool um, and, and about how you work with the kids. So what are some things that you've done? Cause I, I have seen you kind of at this stage with each of the kids start to explore things uh, with them and helping them to identify what they're interested in. Do you have any thoughts about how you've done that? I asked them. <laughs> yes. I don't know, I just ask them what they're interested in. Like Nick's interested in like engineering and building something. And so I try to tailor their educational curriculum mm -hmm. towards something that they show some passion towards. That doesn't mean that it's going to stick or yeah. that it has to always be that, be that way. But this is the, time when I, I feel like I put extra research in and I, and not all three kids do the same thing, the same thing. Now yeah. math, they all do it. Right. Because. Well, but you got Tyler into writing around this age and it, he really loved to write even Tyler's eight always years old. Yeah. loved to write. And mm -hmm. so the last couple of years I've found good writing, mm -hmm. like sci-fi fantasy writing. Well, that's like when they're older, but even then you had the creative, you had, there was another program you did for him that was creative writing before these two programs. Yeah. No, I've, yeah. What's that creative writer? What's it called? What's that program called that you did? Brave around? writer. Brave writer. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah. So yeah. brave writer. Right. And then, and then Benny, uh, he loves art. Mm -hmm. and like video editing and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And so, but he needed like a language arts credit. Mm -hmm. So I found a Pixar, uh, it's called Pixar Experiential. Mm -hmm. It's an online thing. Anyone can do it. Age 13 to 18, it's like $25. Okay. 18 over, it's like 250 or yeah. something. So it's really affordable mm -hmm. if you have some type of drawing tablet. But... um it's all about storyboarding, but yeah. it incorporates art and some animation. So he's doing creative writing mm -hmm. in his own way, yeah. right? In a way that speaks to him and, and is engaging and entertaining yeah. for what he likes. So I think the part of this, once again, looking at this concept of what we're trying to do with this podcast is recognize it's, it's easy to want to say, look, this is what I did. This is what I love. And I did love football, even though I, I didn't play football, but I, I loved football. And so that probably did influence my kids somewhat. Right. But, but I also, but they wouldn't like, have stuck with it if they didn't like it. Well, and Nick tried football when he was 10 and, and he didn't love it. And so we haven't pushed him to keep doing yeah. it and he wasn't really great at it. Now, part of that was because he hadn't done it a lot, but even, even you could kind of see his ability versus Ben and Tyler, were both loved it from a young age and played mm -hmm. most of their life. Um, and so I think it's, it's a good opportunity to, to, to really 
have your kids now some some people at this stage their kids have already been in their sport for four or five years and stuff like that but it's a good time to just have them explore the things one of the things that's really uh, blossomed with nick has been his rollerblading and roller skating this last few years right and just encouraging him and originally he was you know a little scared and then he decided to even spend his own money to or birthday present or something yeah. like that to get some good rollerblades and then gradually you know he's doing tricks and then he's skating backwards on one wheel and he's really good now and maybe you know maybe next year we'll have him take off we did snow skiing and stuff so i think this is a great time to just give them exposure to lots of things Mm -hmm. i know that can be kind of hard because i also we're not parents that believe in like having your kids in like every minute of the day busy um but this is an okay time to sort of have them experience a few things and stretch that as much as possible for us this is where both of our older kids um well the tail end of it tyler was on the road with us um but uh you know this tyler did school of rock which is a really cool thing um at the early i think he was about 10 when he did that so that was a really cool thing for him to get interested in music and a great way for him to fall in love so um so what is it that you can do to to expose your kids to things and then talk with them about their experience with those things i think paying attention Mm mm-hmm to your kids what you what it looks like they gravitate towards what they might be good at and then encouraging them to you know try new things yeah like nick tried football he didn't love it mm-hmm. not every kid wants to play an organized team sport yeah i don't think they have to mm-hmm. if they want to try it that's great he didn't even want to f- finish the season <laughs> yeah but he did. He did. He stuck with it. Well, that's one of the things we believe. If you start something, you finish it. And so we encouraged him to finish it. And he did. And he had fun. He made some good friends. And, you know, that was valuable because he didn't have a lot of friends but, around here. But so. it, that was also his choice. I said, you can quit, but you have to reimburse us for the money we paid yeah. if you don't want to complete your season. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't quite like that option. So he chose the option of, I'm going to stick with it and finish it out. And even if it's not my favorite thing, he made some friends. And I think for the most part, I had a fun time Yeah. just in that social interaction, even if he didn't love playing the sport. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think also try not to project your own interests on your kids just because I think sometimes, sometimes parents can try to live vicariously yeah. through their own children and I can start about in a way things. that feels like pressure to the, to the yeah. kids, right? Yeah. You want to make your parents happy. You want to please them. You don't want to disappoint them in the name of doing that. You might wind up having a kid that's sticking with something just because they don't want to upset you. Yeah. So asking them, what do you, what do you enjoy? If they are doing something, what do you enjoy about it? What don't you like about it? Like let them explore that both sides of it and listen to them. If you listen to them by, so if you ask those questions, Hey, what do you like about playing football? Well, I like my friends, whatever. It's like, Oh, okay. He doesn't really like football. He likes the social. Right. So this kid may not be a, so maybe not be a football player. Whereas Tyler loves the, like, he loves the challenge. He, he also loves the social aspect of it, but he loves the challenge. He loves pushing himself and to, to reach new heights and reach. He likes the competition of, of, you know, competing against other guys for a spot for the comp- competition in the game of show, you know, contributing to the game and making a difference to the team winning. You know, that's, that's very different than, than even Benny who has loved just the nature of the game and could read the game really well. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so you gotta, you gotta be careful, but, uh, um, be, definitely be careful, but, and then be creative, like about what you expose them to, you know, whether it's, you know, rock climbing or like my parents involved me in swimming and I loved basketball cause all my friends played basketball. But when I didn't make the team, 
my mom took me and I had already developed another skill in swimming and that's what I did during high school and made some really great friends because of that. Um, so I'm really grateful. This was a, this was a, you know, I think my mom did a really good job of this stage with me. She was, she was there during what was a really hard stage for me. I know this stage was a little bit easier for you because you had a lot of friends and, it, and you kind of fit in. I had friends, but I, um, being from a conservative sort of religious, I was, tr I was sort of in this stage now where people are starting to do things, you know, uh, not necessarily, I don't think drugs were necessarily happening yet, uh, you know, 13, but definitely kids talking about sex, those kind of things. And, and so b being that that was sort of, you know, that was a, a no, no, that was kind of like, you know, I, I would, I did have girlfriends. Um, I, I think I kissed my first girl at 13. So towards the tail end of this, but you know, you're starting to just come into the realities of life and you're starting to understand, which is another part of the conversation we want to talk about today which is something that we do with our kids uh, when they're 12. So you want to talk a little bit about like what we decided to do here? and Yeah, so when our boys turn 12, they get a staycation mm -hmm. with their dad, which mm -hmm. is you. Yeah. And if we had had girls, I, I would do it with the girl. Mm -hmm. Not that mom, you know, if you're a single mom yeah, you may and have you to, have yeah. boys and girls, then you can still do it. Yeah. I just, it's, it's something cool that they get to do with their dad. Yeah they're a boy and they're going to talk about boy things and becoming a man. And, um, they also get to see me all the time. Yeah. So, and, and this actually came, um, I don't, I don't know. Did your parents ever do anything like this? Mm -mm. Okay. So this, my dad actually used to do this with his kids. So with me, I think he did with all my brothers, but, um, when I was 12, I remember him taking me to red lobster and we went to Marriott hotel and it was really memorable. Right. And we talked about some man things, right. Yeah. We talked about, um, you know, different things, uh, related to sexuality and, uh, to pornography and to, um, you know, relationships with girls. And it, it, it was probably not the most open conversation. I don't think my dad was like super comfortable talking about those things, but he also did try. Like it was for no one. I don't think anybody was 20 years ago. Like no one talked yeah. openly about a lot of that stuff, but we talked about, you know, that, that these things are special and important. Um, I, I'm sure I had some sort of talk before this about sexuality, you know, what sexuality right, was. But you're so I was talking like, about like puberty, yeah. the changes your body. Yeah, so also us, what's going to what, happen yeah, in what, opposite sex. Yeah. So we, we, I really step into this, um, with our kids and, and I probably have done it more. I've, I'm way more comfortable now talking about this stuff with my well, son than I was when Tyler was Here's 12. the cool thing that I've noticed because Nick is our youngest. And so, uh, he's, he's getting the best of us by the time we do this three times around, but we get a little better, but he was really excited. Yeah. Like he knew the topics that you guys were to talk about and he was really excited Yeah. to to go and do that with you and like talk to you about those things. Whereas it could be like embarrassing yeah, or a little uncomfortable, but out of all three of our kids, he was like, yeah, he was excited. Oh. This is like, this, this is sort of a rite of passage to becoming a man, which I think we need more of those in, in society today, like this process. And not that it was really anything too major, but it was, it was, it was cool. It was, it was fun to, uh, he was, he, he asked me a lot of questions, you know, so we, we talk and we talk very openly about a lot of things. But, so, but so, very age appropriate. Yeah. Like we're not talking, you're not talking more than what he needs. Right. Yeah. So in this stage, we like to talk about, um, one, we, we start, the, this is how the conversation goes. So one, we talk about the body 
And so this should have been a conversation that started when they were five about how special the body is, how beautiful the body is. All of the body is beautiful and special. Well, you can do that from the moment they're born. Yeah. The way you talk to your kids. Exactly. And so, and so we, we start there. And so we, then we talk about how the body is changing. And so we talk about some of the different bodily changes that happen to men, their voice dropping, hair showing up, right. And all that we talk about all the places that it shows up and, and we, and I even do it in a way that's where I ask them. Have you had this experience yet? Or have you had any of this happening? Um, we talk about erections because that's something that boys experience. And they, if you're not really aware of it and no one's ever talked to you about it, you can have some embarrassing situations that you're not quite understanding what's going on with your body. And so we, we talk really openly about that so that our, they can understand this is normal. This is a normal yeah. human boy thing to experience. And then... Um, we talk about, then we actually, uh, kind of stop, uh, we talk sort of about the, the progress and things like that. We talk about wet dreams. We talk about, um, masturbation and all those different things and kind of, um, how, what, what those things are. Now, some people are, and, and it's always, I, I even kind of struggle with this some of myself. I think people are worried that if you introduce a concept to a kid that he doesn't already know then, oh, he's going to go explore that thing. But you don't know what they don't already know. And if they go to public school, they probably heard a lot more than what. Yeah. So our kids, you you know, some of those things, some of those conversations, if our kids had gone to public school, we probably would have had even earlier. Um, But by the nature of the way we raise our kids, we kind of get by with not having to have that. I I think they still hear jokes. And and as we talked about these things, I'd ask him, have you ever heard this word? Have you ever? And he'd be like, well, maybe someone joking about it or something like that, right? So you kind of feel out where they're at with the, and and then, and and usually the way I do it is I'll say, hey, so one of the things I want to talk about is this, you know, so what, have you ever heard about this? Have you ever heard this word before? What do you know about it? Have you ever heard your friends talking about it? And then they'll, and if you do that and you, you're not awkward or uncomfortable, then they'll open up about whether they have or haven't. And, and it's really cool. Right. Um, do your friends, how do your friends talk about girls? Like, do they, are they, do they talk about girls' bodies? Right. So it's kind of like, you can start to get a framework of, Hey, I'm a sounding board for what's going on in your life. And it's not intrusive. It's just like, let's be curious about this together. Kind of a thing. So then from there, then we kind of pause and we do, and then we talk about women and girls and their journey. Like I never understood. In fact, how bad was it the other day? Like I literally, it was like a, a f- six months ago. What? When Or three months ago when I found out that women can only, I knew that, that they couldn't get pregnant every time of the month. Like I knew that, but like, I guess oh. it's like a six day window. You have like a, it's called ovulation. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did not know that it was that short of a window every month, right? I, I knew that there were cycles. I, knew, I mean, I didn't. I don't want to act like I'm an idiot, but but I, but I didn't realize it was limited to that little of time. I'm 43 years. Like boys should understand this stuff, right? Why why are we not educated? And I'm a guy who's tried to study this stuff a lot and still didn't understand this. So, anyways, so this it's things like this, just giving our kids, empowering them, and also empowering them to know that the answers are here. Mm-hmm. And we talk about that. We say, hey, look, you know, you're going to hear your friends talk about these things. They may, they may joke about them. They may engage in conversation with you about them. And I just want you to always feel like you, one, have the answers before your friends talk about things. So you're actually ahead of the curve. You understand things they may not understand so that when they're joking about them, you're going to know the real thing. But then also, you also, if they bring up something that you haven't heard about, then you know where to come to and you know you can talk about that with dad. And it's it's a really cool way to be in a relationship with your kids. And they 
and and then I'm very open. And they, you know, they, they, he asked me, you know, when was the uh, first time that I ever saw pornography? And we talked about that, right? And then I talked about some of the consequences of having exposure to those things. And so it's, it's, it creates a space where your kids feel like, oh, my parents are real people. They, they, they're not these perfect, untouchable. Yeah. They, they, they're not like humans. Yeah. They're not, they, they're not, not having sex. Like they're just aware that this is a part of life. And to me, that creates a really awesome way where you're not having to try to control your kids because you're, you're, you're flowing with your kids through life. Mm-hmm. And they feel more comfortable. And then once we talk about girls and the both their anatomies, and we even looked up some appropriate pictures of girls' bodies, which you know I didn't know anything about until I was like textbook stuff. Yeah, just so people are clear. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what well, I said. Appropriate. So like textbook like drawings of what girls' bodies look like, so that that he could you know so that that curiosity is is solved right there with his dad, not on some porn site, you know? So to me, and it, it was just, it was, and, and, and what are the purposes in the different parts of the girl's body and the eggs and things like that? And so it's just, it's really cool because it's like now there's a, there's a respect for this conversation, but it's not, it's not so out of touch for where we can talk about these things as they grow up into the, and probably around uh, 14, we, we do have another conversation, 15, 16, then the conversations become more conversations consistent. are ongoing. And- yeah. And I have conversations with Tyler a lot about all these different things. And, and so, and then from there, we, we talked about a lot of other really cool things that are going on in life. Like, let's talk about yeah. gender. What is gender? What is well, sexual orientation? And I, things I like think that. if you can create this space to have these conversations with your kids mm-hmm. and give them permission to explore, like mm-hmm. that's style of clothes they like to wear, or do like, maybe they want to color their hair pink or, mm-hmm. Um, grow it long or cut it super short or, and, and help them discover, are they doing these things to fit in or are they genuinely interested and really want to see, Hey, like what's my style of clothes? Am I, do I like sporty clothes? Do I like to like dress up and do I like name brand stuff versus I don't care. Just give me a solid pair of pants and a hoodie. Yeah. Like neither is right or wrong, but helping hold that space and be there with them as they figure this out. And, it's a good and time help to them. have them stop wearing matching pajamas. You know, if they kidding. want to wear matching pajamas <laughs> that night, they can. They Bo- can wear Molly matching. had our kids in matching pajamas, like onesies for like most of the Not their onesies. They were two pieces. Okay. Okay. Maybe. But no, it was cute. No, they no, stopped wearing them when they wanted no, to. No, but around 10 years old is when they. Tyler was like 11 yeah. and he stopped wearing them. Benny yeah. was a little bit younger and Nick was. Well, and I think this is the point is that you, you, you start to allow them to sort of decide what do, what is their style? What do they yeah. like? And, and it'll evolve. I mean, Tyler right. dresses very really different right. now than he did back. Even right. But I want them to be able to answer. Am I doing it because I want to or am I doing it because I'm trying to fit in? Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I'm trying to be something for someone else versus yeah. I'm going to be something for me. Yeah. So I think that's a, that's a good point because as we talk about this journey towards helping our kids trust themselves, this is a simple way to give them some trust. I, I trust you to choose your own clothes. Right. Right. And I might also like if, if they start pushing boundaries that you're like, huh, that's not really like them, then help them like answer that question. Is this for you mm-hmm. or is this for someone else? Yeah, that's really good. That's really good. Yeah. So uh, th- so, so 12 is sort of the middle of this and we do that special event. And then as they go through their 12th and 13th year, just 
continuing to encourage them, po a lot of positive reinforcement. Um, and, and I think you will start some kids at 13 and 14 uh, or 12 and 13 do start. I know we have some friends who their kids are a little bit more pushback. They, they're challenging boundaries. The, their friends are growing up fast. Some girls are starting to hit puberty. Yeah, everyone hits puberty at a different... Yeah. I was a really late bloomer. Mm -hmm. and, and we have friends who have daughters and Some that people are, are really early yeah. and everything in between. So yeah. I think that's what also makes middle school years hard mm -hmm. because everyone's changing at a different rate. Yeah, you got 150-pound so, boys and you got 60-pound boys. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's so crazy. many different heights. Some people have been through puberty. Some haven't. Like... Yeah. So if you haven't gone through puberty, you might still have like more like childlike interests, right? Yeah. Versus, you know, yeah, puberty if, hits and you're like, oh, I like girls or yeah. I like guys. and Yeah. Like I was super interested in girls, like all during this stage. Our kids have not been. Yeah. And so, you know, that's, that's, that's okay to, to just kind of help them now. And that's really at the, at the end of the day, just, just remembering, like helping them self-define learning to set some small goals mm -hmm. and just kind of reach for efforts and, and try things, learn how to stick to things, I think is a really good thing to start having them practice. That's going to be more important in the next stage. But, um, but yes, yeah, just having them just explore once again, here's, this is my identity. And then this is other people and just talking to them about personalities and differences. In fact, it was really one of the cool things at the end of our conversation with, uh, Nick, when I was talking to him, he brought up this video. And this is what the thing is, is that you don't know what your kids are exposed to. And and this was not anything bad, but... Right. But, but I mean, you know as much as you try to know, right? But yeah. you, you'll never fully know everything because... Yeah. And so we were having the conversation about gender and, and sexual preference, um, which I think is important to have at 12 years old because of the world we live in. And and it's, you know, within uh, appropriate range and whatnot and so so we're talking about these things and and uh, once again it, it, gra being graphic is a totally different conversation you know thing than actually just talking about these conversations and so it was really cool he's like oh i have a a graphic artist that i really like or she's a she's a she she does these little videos that are animated animated mm -hmm. videos and she has um she is apparently a aromatic uh, asexual. And so when we were talking about sexuality and, and talking about something called the Kinsey scale about, so to understand what between homosexuality and heterosexuality and that people operate on a scale. And so some people are very much only attracted to the opposite sex. And then some people are very much only attracted to the same sex. And then some people kind of fall in the middle. And so when we were talking about this, he's like, Oh, I watched a video about this girl and he showed me the video. How cool is that? That your kid feels comfortable sharing with you his what he's learning and this girl did a great job of explaining her experience um to that and we and then we talked about why she would have that experience and and i you know and i openly admitted i don't know what it's like to be her i don't know what that experience is like and um i don't know if uh sometimes people are less sexual because of something they experience in their life psychologically or if that's just who they are. And so we have to, in life, we want to, we want to just explore all these things and be open to learning about them. And it was just a really great open conversation. My 12 year old, my sweet little 12 year old, who's trying to find their way in life. And, and that's really what's awesome to me is when you start to develop this relationship right now in these transition years, mm -hmm. these tween years, when they feel like, oh, I can talk to mom and dad about like different things, all sorts of different things. 
then as they move into this next stage, which we'll talk about next week, they're going to be much more able to do that. Yeah. Versus if you think that, oh, they're just going to figure it out. And, oh, they're, you know, I've, I've, I've told them what sex is, you know, yeah. and then that's it. Um, and then when, uh, you know, I've told them not to do this, I've told them not to do that. And then I'm going to discipline them every time they cross the line. It's like you, you start to shut them down. And discipline's appropriate. And there's ways to discipline. Do you want to talk about discipline real quick at the end here? Just 11 to 13-year-old discipline? Okay. What are your thoughts about that? Like, what are some ways in I which... I don't know. We haven't really had to discipline Nick that Yeah, much. he's a good kid. He's a good kid. I mean, I think I, it's... You, 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 you check boundaries. Like, hey, is he... Are you spending too much time playing video games? Well, it's kind of... Yeah. I mean, you have boundaries. And I always tell my kids, I think from a young age, like, there's a consequence to everything, yeah. right? Yeah. Whether it's, like, good or not good. Yeah there's some type of consequence, yeah. right? And so if you break boundaries or you don't follow through on things, then you lose privileges. Yeah. Because what comes with fun privileges is responsibility. And if you can't do both, then there's, you know. Yeah, this is actually a good point because I didn't uh, to bring up. So, so this is a good stage. Although we did start to allow our kids to have responsibilities at younger ages, but this is where they really start to take on chores. Uh, mowing the lawn, Wash, like you know, the, the chores that they couldn't really do when they were when like they were, yeah, nine or six, eight, seven, yeah, eight. Yeah. So, so t- talk to them a little bit about like, how do you do chores with the kids? And so they all, they all have their Saturday chore okay. and then they, and what eat. would those be? What would those be broken um, down as? Big Saturday chores would be like lawn, vacuuming, um, cleaning the bathrooms. Okay. And then everyday chores are like dishes, pick up the dog poop. Trash. Trash. So they each have a daily chore. And then they each have a weekly chore. And, and they've even sometimes negotiated to trade a weekly chore with a daily chore from a brother. I don't, yeah, they, I don't care how they want to split that up. If yeah. they want to change a chore around, then they just have to do that amongst themselves. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it just needs to get done. At the end of the month, they can decide, do I want to keep my daily chore? Or do I want to change? If, yeah. if one of them wants to change, somebody has to change. Somebody else has to change. Yeah, no one wants to change with Tyler. Tyler kind of has his set. What is his? Trash? He has to clean his own bathroom because no one, no one's cleaning oh, his, his bathroom weekly. that he, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then he takes the trash out. Yeah. And then if they want their clothes clean, I don't, if they just come dump it in the washer and get it started, mm-hmm. I'll move stuff along because sometimes I'd like to combine yeah, laundry just yeah. to get the biggest load. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, my mom started teaching me to do laundry at this age. So it's a good age for them to start to learn responsibility. They have to put up their laundry. Yeah. They have to clean up their rooms and yeah. their like areas in the media room. Yeah. Like they don't have to be done every day, but if when I go down there and I'm like, it's time, then. Yeah. And then that, and then what happens is they can't play video games until those are done. And so if the, uh, when we like, we, they were kind of, there was a season there where they, we kind of got off when we were kind of in transition of moving. And then they were kind of just like trying to jump on video games and we we're like, all right, Hey, no, you didn't do your stuff. So if we, if we catch you on video games and you haven't done your stuff, now we have some controls of turning their video. We games just turn the internet off. off. Yeah. Then we can just turn it off and then they, but they're, they could be in the middle of the game. They're pretty good. But, but that's my point is that when you, tra- when you teach them, they say, like, Hey, you, you get, you they play, can, you work hard right. together, you play, then you can play hard. They can take all Saturday to get their tour done. Yeah. That's fine. But or they, they can wake up and, and get it done right away. Yeah. So un, finding out what's important to them and use that as a leverage point to, to get them to do what they need to do. 
Um, and don't be afraid. And like they, Tyler's they would throw, be going out with friends. Yeah, he doesn't care. Tyler about doesn't video. care about video games, but he, you know, going out with friends or having access to his phone. There's been some times where I've had to like shut off all the data, all his connection on his phone because he was dilly dallying out. But it, but I don't have to do it unloving. I'm like, like you're being a punk. It's just like, hey, man, look, you didn't do what you were supposed to do. You've lost privileges. But dad, but dad, I, it's no but dad. Like I, I'm very clear with you on what the expectations are. So if you didn't do those, then you don't get the privileges, right? And so this is a, it's a, it's an easy way to discipline. It doesn't, there's not a lot of emotional ch charge around it. Mm -hmm. It's just like, no, we have it. The, the expectations are we all chip in around the house. And so if that, um, and then the other thing is just, is, is also teaching them that there's their chores. And then there's also being a member of the family. And that may mean sometimes you clean up dinner. So that may mean you. Or it's just being willing to help out when you're asked or you see that something needs to be helped out. And yeah. and if we notice that there's sort of resistant to that, that's when we go back to, if you've ever listened to our, our podcast on the spiritual time, like those are themes where if we notice there's sort of a trend and sometimes it's with just one kid or multiple kids, then then we'll talk about that. And we'll mm -hmm. talk about the principle of that. And then we'll, you know, bring it up and then we'll say, Hey, let's set a goal this week that we chip it. We all chip in a little bit more. Maybe, you know, we're, we're doing bad about washing our dishes after we eat in the morning. Yeah, we probably need to talk about probably that. Probably could talk about that one again. But uh, <laughs> so whatever it is, but that's the thing is you can just talk about it and say, hey, let's all work on it. We're all just here together working on, you know, uh, doing the best we can with life. So yeah. any final thoughts for uh, 11 to 13 year olds before we drop off? Just have fun with your kids. Yeah, it's, an, it's still that stage. And we talked about that, the importance of fun in the last stage keep that going, have fun, love on them, um, and, and be tender. They start to have more emotion, you know, they're starting mm -hmm. to experience more emotion. And so, uh, be careful about having them not, this is a time where you got to be careful about shutting down emotion. Yeah. It's let them know it's okay to cry sometimes. Yeah. Let them okay. Let them know. It also means sometimes they'll throw fits and it's like, Hey, it's okay to say, Hey, look, if you're having a hard day, like you can, you can yeah. go spend some time with yourself in the room. It's okay. Yeah. But I think also, helping them learn how to process the hard feelings because mm -hmm. it's easy to get stuck. So yeah. it's okay to feel the things, but yeah. if we you also need to learn thing. how to move through them, yeah. right? What are different tools and techniques yeah. that work? Which is actually another part of what we talked about on the 12 year old deal. We talked about some of those things. So anyways, so we hope this has been fun for you as you think about your own children, whether they're at the 11 to 13 year old stage or they're close to that, or they already passed that. Maybe it brought up some good memories for you and some things that you, uh, um, would do. If you've got some ideas that we missed out on, leave comments below, uh, or sorry, uh, hit the subscribe button and then leave a review and let us know what have you done that's been helpful to raise your 11 and 13 year olds in a way that's not about controlling them, but rather helping them express themselves and become who they are and identify and, and build their own identities. Yeah. I think this is the age where you start learning how to live life and parent alongside your kids Yeah, and not like for them. It's yeah. more like, Hey, we're like going to start doing this. Yeah. It's more collaborative, right? Yeah. It's less structured as in yeah you're not telling them what to do anymore it's time to get up time to go to right. eat breakfast right like you're they're, giving they're, they're learning how to start managing stuff like managing that themselves yeah. yeah absolutely which leads us to really what we see as our last parenting stage next which is 13 to 15 how, why is that the last parenting stage we'll come back and listen uh and and then we'll uh we'll, we'll share why we think that's the last final parenting stage and what happens after that then do they just go away and never 15? come back <laughs> 
Yeah. So, all right. Uh, we uh, appreciate you guys enjoying a little bit of time with us today. And this is another Out of Control podcast in the books. Yeah, that's great. All right. Come back to see us next time. Bye.